This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Dove. You use all the right skincare products for your face, but your body has been missing out. With new Dove Serum Body Wash, you can give your body the vitamin C glow it's been wanting, the hydration boost it's been craving, and the active skincare ingredients it deserves. It's time for your body care era. New Dove Serum Body Wash. Get Dove or get FOMO. Your skin refuses to be defined by age. That's why Agency designed Future Formula, a personalized anti-aging formula prescribed by a dermatology provider to treat fine lines, wrinkles, dark spots, and more. Agency has clinically proven ingredients like tretinoin, which is up to 20 times stronger than over-the-counter retinol. Future Formula by Agency. Get your first month free at withagency.com. That's W-I-T-H-A-G-E-N-C-Y.com. $4.95 shipping and handling subject to consultation. Subscription required. Cancel anytime. Hello and welcome to Smart TV. If you're thinking David Butcher sounds a bit different this week, you'd be right. David is having a well-earned holiday, so for this episode you have me instead. Um, My name is Frances Taylor and I am the TV previews editor here at Radio Times magazine. Um, That means that, yes, I do basically just get to watch television for a living and, uh, yes, it is a hard job, but somebody has to do it. Uh, So anyway, I've got a whole host of programs to bring you that are coming up this week we've got plenty of brand new dramas there's some eye-opening factual series as well and a program you may have seen trailed heavily on the bbc these past few weeks but that actually i don't think quite lives up to the hype but more on that later The first big show of the week is Murder in Provence, a new crime detective series on ITV that begins Sunday the 17th of July at 8pm. If this does sound a little bit familiar, it isn't strictly new. It actually aired on BritBox earlier this year. But it stars Roger Allen and Nancy Carroll as partners in both romance and also in solving murders in the French region of Provence. And the first episode goes a little bit like this. There's a local university professor who's going to be returning tiring he's having a big party you see lots of key characters jostling and talking about whether they're going to be named as his uh, replacement they're eager for the news he steps up and actually says 
He's not going to retire after all. Everyone's very upset about this. And shock horror, he's later killed in his study. So that's sort of the very basic setup of it. And you've got, obviously, again, Roger Allen, who's absolutely brilliant. And I could listen to him reading the dictionary or the yellow pages all day long. But it is a bit strange. I mean, it's really great in that if you do like Midsummer Murders and those kind of genteel Sunday night dramas, that's brilliant. But the oddest thing about it, and one of the most searched questions, is why is everyone British? It's a really good question because we're set in France. The characters have French names. They kiss everyone. They greet on both cheeks, just in case there was any confusion that they were firmly in France and yet everyone sounds as though they live in or around the M25. It's really very strange. But again, if you can overlook that and you're a fan of these, as I say, relatively genteel Sunday night dramas with a bit of a twinkle, you'll absolutely enjoy this. A big shift in gear now to Wednesday night at 10.05pm on BBC Two and to Maryland. Now, this is a televised version of a play that was first seen at the Royal Court in London last year. If you did manage to see this live on stage, I have to say I'm really very envious after watching this on-screen version because I thought it was absolutely brilliant. It's written by a playwright called Lucy Kirkwood uh, as a response to so many of the harrowing real-life stories about violence against women that have been in the press in recent years. So her story sees two women. They're both called Mary, hence the title Maryland. Uh, one is played by Zoe Ashton. She's still probably arguably best known for her breakout role in Fresh Meat. And the I, Daniel Blake actor Hayley Squires. Now, they both get taken into a police station after reporting separate sexual assaults. And they're dealt with, and I have to say dealt with, is really the right description here by insensitive police officers who are showing little empathy, little understanding of the harrowing ordeal that each of them have been through. And in particular, there's a male police officer who's played by Daniel Mays, who as ever is excellent, not at all like the officer he played in Line of Duty. Uh, But he speaks to each of them in such a sort of throwaway manner and it really undermines their experiences. So it's this raw, angry, brilliant production, I have to say, that just firmly feels like a play. It has that slightly staccato dialogue that's quite synonymous with onstage productions and also punctuated with dark humour, which you might not expect. But Zoe Eshton, I have to say, she's particularly devastating. There are a few close-up shots of her, for example, where she's trying to identify her attacker in an identity parade um, and her voice is breaking and she has tears in her eyes and you really thoroughly feel as though you're right there with her. She's always brilliant, Zoe Eshton, but she's particularly good here. Um, the whole story builds this cacophony of angry, hurt, exhausted women and it really is very effective. The South Bank show returns for a new three-part run this week as well and it's kicking off with a profile on the comedian Frank Skinner. This is on Wednesday the 20th of July at 10pm on Sky Arts. Uh, Melvin Bragg, I mean, he's the master of the interview. He's always fantastic. But he sits down with Frank in London's famous Leicester Square Theatre, sort of rattling through his career in a neat retrospective, going from his childhood through to his 
breakout and winning the Perrier Award in 1991 and his trajectory into TV up to the present day and his latest project, which is a podcast on poetry, which I didn't realise Frank did, but I definitely will check out. It sounds really good. Well, there are plenty of really interesting insights into how and why he wanted to become a stand-up here as well, sort of stuff about the process, but also how from a really very, very early age, his dad really encouraged him to pursue a career in TV, which you wouldn't potentially expect. Um, And there are a few revelations like that as well, actually. Some really funny ones, funny stories and neat anecdotes that you'd expect. But also, actually, some really heartfelt and revealing moments. He talks about how he was expelled from school and he had to tell his father. And uh, again, the emotion is really on the surface still for him. You can tell he has a sort of visceral reaction and it's really quite startling. But I have to say, you know, the hour zips along and, and it's so interesting to hear, especially how he came to stand up quite late, really. He hadn't turned 30. The girlfriend of one of his friends at the time said, how does it feel to be 30 and on the scrap heap? Well, I'm sure I could probably tell them a bit about that. But anyway, for him, it was this huge wake-up call that accelerated his drive and his career. Uh, And I think, you know, if you are or if you aren't a fan of Frank Skinner's, it's just absolutely worth a watch. And uh, as I say, that's 10 o'clock on Wednesday, the 20th of July on Sky Arts. Next to a documentary that's got a relatively unassuming title that's potentially not as sensationalist as it could be, given the subject matter. Uh, But on Thursday, the 21st of July at 10pm on BBC Two, it's the first in a three-part series called Big Oil versus the World. It's a really eye-opening piece of television, actually, and it's sure to make headlines. It sort of opens with this statement saying, this film is based on a year of investigative research, over 100 interviews and thousands of newly discovered documents. No executive from ExxonMobil or leading industry groups agreed to be interviewed. Now, I always think a statement such as that really means there's going to be some good stuff, and there really is here. Uh, Just to kind of squash it right down, essentially it's this story about how big oil went on to fool the world. Uh, Scientists worked for one of the biggest oil companies in the world called Exxon. They carried out a lot of research in the 1970s and 80s that actually predicted what the impact of climate change was going to be. However, they twisted their findings, they created a bit of doubt over climate change and the likely impact it was going to have. And as I say, there's a lot of science in here, uh, but you don't need a degree to understand it at all. It's all broken down and distilled really nicely for the viewer. And it's also made by an Emmy-nominated filmmaker called Jane McMullen, who does a really neat job, actually. It reminded me of one of those big sort of true crime Netflix series that takes off in a big way and becomes a real conversation starter. Uh, So yeah, the way it's been produced is really reminiscent of those with whistleblowers, talking heads, politicians, former employees, people like that. Um, It really is a must watch. So that's Big Oil versus the World, 10 o'clock, BBC Two on Thursday, the 21st of July. Now to Friday and to Sanderton, uh, which, much like Murder in Provence, is another drama that originally landed on BritBox and has now come to ITV. It's based on Jane Austen's unfinished novel of the same name. And after the first series, which aired back in 2019, if you can remember that far... 
Some people thought it should probably have remained unfinished rather than be adapted and picked up by screenwriter Andrew Davis, but it certainly had its fans and it was recommissioned. It's probably best summed up as bonnets on the beaches. That's the description that I keep giving it anyway. It seems a bit throwaway perhaps, but that is what it is really. I mean, it's quite light, it's quite frothy. It's just a nice period drama that bobs neatly along and it's not doing anything innovative or new, but I just think that's okay that not everything has to, to be honest. It stars Anne Reid. She's sort of the Violet Crawley and Downton character who looks permanently perturbed and dishes out barbs left, right and centre. And you've got Chris Marshall as well. He's in it. It's one of the stars. But in series one, it featured Theo James, who is usually found in Hollywood. And uh, he's gone back to Hollywood. He's not coming back for the second series. Uh, and there's no grey area about the door being left open for him either, as the opening scenes in the first episode of series two, which is the one that airs this week, uh, they show that, you know, spoiler alert, he's died. Um, so sorry, Theo, if you did want to come back in a future series, it'll have to be in a flashback. But that's convenient left his former romantic interest Charlotte Hayward nicely single which is just as well otherwise there wouldn't really be anything to focus on for this series there are another few other singletons as well we've got her sister Alison their friend Georgiana Lamb and what do you know there are lots of dashing soldiers or in Dasanderton they're called redcoats as they're referred to which aren't the sort of redcoats you'll find at Butlins no these are army men making camp in Sanderton and catching the eye of some of the eligible women about town and you can probably anticipate the rest there are fancy balls stolen glances across a banquet table that kind of thing but it is good light fun to get lost in and uh, in Sanderton men is literally all the women talk about but if you can overlook that it's absolutely fine I say just go with it on this occasion now for the turn off of the week Um, you might have seen this trailed on the BBC these past few weeks it's a new three-part thriller that begins Sunday night at 9pm on BBC One and it airs across consecutive nights it's called The Control Room and I have to say the first 10 minutes or so are great so If you watch the first 10 minutes, do, and then turn off. Uh, Because I'll just say what happens there. We join Gabe. um, He's on shift in an ambulance control centre in Glasgow. Suddenly, a call comes through. There's a distressed woman on the other end of the phone. She explains that a man has hit his head. He's bleeding everywhere. And Gabe tries to prise information about her, uh, where she is, what's happened, what's going on. She just gasps. The man is dead. Shock. And then even more shocking... She killed him. Oh, and there's another shock. She actually recognises Gabe's voice and seems to know exactly who he is. And as an opener, that's great. It's got everything. It's high octane. You're in the action. There's high stakes. It's an ambitious introduction. But unfortunately, that's really where my compliments end. Because after that... I won't spoil anything for you. That's the job of the BBC. Uh, But suffice to say, the story just got more implausible, got more frustrating, it got more daft as the three episodes unfolded. And it's one of those dramas that, for me, it just has a really unsatisfying ending. It makes you a bit annoyed at having spent three hours of your life watching. Um, So instead, I'd say go and catch up on BBC iPlayer with Sherwood. If you've already seen Sherwood, I'd say go and watch Sherwood again because that is a great example of a big BBC drama just done absolutely brilliantly. 
Right, well, that's all for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Do go and buy a copy of Radio Times and you can also find us online at radiotimes.com. Tweet us, Facebook us. I don't think we've quite made it to TikTok yet, but I'll get to work on that. Uh, You can definitely find us online and in the shop, so do check us out. Otherwise, I've been Frances Taylor and thanks so much for listening.